Hello, welcome to the LDS study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host. I'm, as always, Matthew Roberts. And we are on series two, episode 37. And today we're focusing on the section in our Come Follow Me, which covers February 3rd to the February the 9th, 2nd Nephi, chapters 1 to 5, We Lived After the Manner of Happiness. And we are covering 2nd Nephi, chapter 2, verses 22 to 29, The Fall and the Atonement of Jesus Christ are essential parts of Heavenly Father's plan. The manual begins in talking about the general general world view of the fall of Adam, how it was a tragic event, an event fraught with negativity and many bad things which now are with us as the human race because of what Adam did. Uh, however, because of this fantastic chapter in the Book of Mormon, we are, our eyes are a little, little bit more opened and the things that are said in Genesis and also in Moses uh, are, are brought further into light and, and to our understanding, knowing that the fall was part of the plan all along. In 2 Nephi chapter 2, verses 22 to 23, it says, And now, behold, if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, but he would have remained in the Garden of Eden. And all things which were created must have remained in the same state in which they were after they were created, and they must have remained forever and had no end, and they would have had no children. Wherefore, they would have remained in a state of innocence, having no joy, for they knew no misery, doing no good, for they knew no sin. This is such a vital, uh, you know, section of scripture. I remember sharing this on my mission lots because we were encouraged to use the Book of Mormon to teach and testify the doctrines of the gospel. And of course, when teaching the plan of salvation, the fall of Adam and Eve is a vital part. Uh, and it's, so this is a fantastic uh, explanation of this fall. Um, we learn a number of things from this section um, that, you know, some drawbacks that happen because of the fall was that there was now death in the world, um, that there was now trials and misery and suffering. But on the flip side, we are able um, to have children. We're able to have the ability to have joy. And of course, the negative uh, aspects of the falls, the, the physical death and the misery and the spiritual death, that is all overcome uh, by the Saviour through the atonement. Um, there's a couple of quotes that I wanted to share regarding this verse. So I'll just um, get that here. And now behold, uh, oh, sorry, that's the scripture again. Uh, Dallin H. Oaks uh, said this about uh, Adam's transgression, talking about how it wasn't a sin in the sense that it was a transgression and, the, and that there is a difference between the two. He says, the contrast between a sin and a transgression reminds us of the careful wording in the second article of faith. We believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgression. It also echoes a familiar distinction in the law. Some acts, like murder, are crimes because they are inherently wrong. Other acts, like operating without a license, are crimes because they are only because they are legally prohibited. Under these distinctions, the act that produced the fall was not a sin, inherently wrong, but a transgression, wrong because it was formally prohibited. These words are not always used to denote something different, but this distinction seems meaningful in the circumstances of the fall, close quote. And I think there's a couple of very important points there. Firstly, that these words are often used to, note some, to denote something different. Uh, until recently, one of the, um, one of the uh, wording, or one of the questions in the Temple Recommend interview was about transgressions that you need to share with the priesthood leader. Uh, and of course, you know, it's, these are transgressions. Uh, uh, the, the transgressions they're talk, it's talking about there are not transgressions really, they're, they're sins. Um, so that was something which has actually now been changed. But um, 
it's interesting because President Oaks talks about here how Adam, what he did, wasn't inherently wrong. Eating a fruit is not inherently wrong. But because it was formally prohibited, that's what made it a transgression. Uh, and that is a key difference, a key uh, thing to remember uh, in these things. Um, C.S. Lewis is quoted often uh, in general conference talks. He's probably the most quoted non-member uh, in general conference. Uh, and he said this, Quote, for God is not merely mending, not simply restoring a status quo. Redeemed humanity is to be something more glorious than unfallen humanity would have been, more glorious than any unfallen race now is. And, and this superadded glory will, with true vicariousness, exalt all creatures. Close quote. What profound understanding from a man who lived, um, you know, many, many years ago, uh, at, at a time where the fall really was believed to be something which was negative. And of course, as more people had faith in God and more people read the Bible, more people would have been aware of it. And yet he had this foresight to know that unfallen humanity is nothing compared to humanity that is redeemed from the fall. I just thought that was, you know, a beautiful um, um, quotes and ideas from C.S. Lewis. This whole idea of the fall um, and the... Um, and, and the importance of it, the, the reason why it had to happen, uh, is discussed obviously in the temple as well. And it's interesting that on the and as, as it says at the start of this chapter of the manual, it says, "If you knew your life was coming to an end, what final messages would you want to share with those you love most?" Now we have to remember that Lehi was was dying. You know, he was on his deathbed, and uh, this these are the words he decided to say to his to his son Jacob. I don't know if Lehi knew uh, what his son Jacob would become. Uh, in other words, a prophet after after his son Nephi. But we know that Jacob, when he was older, worked in the temple a lot uh, in, that they had built. And it's fascinating to me that as Lehi will have gone to the temple in Jerusalem uh, and partaken and learnt of the ordinances and covenants there, and then decides to teach these things to his son Jacob, who then goes and builds with Nephi a temple, and teaches, I presume, the same ordinances and covenants in that temple, um, why he chooses to, to teach about the fall. Um, you know, the, the, the creation, the fall, and the atonement are key messages and key doctrines to learn about uh, in and around the temple. And I think that uh, there is a reason why Lehi decided to share specifically this with his son Jacob. Uh, the creation, the fall, and the atonement we talked about right back in the very first episode uh, of looking at... First uh, Nephi chapter one verse one, it talked about kind of a creation, a fall, and an, and, an, and, an, and an atonement in that first verse. We also see this pattern within the Book of Mormon. We see a, the creation being the the new land, the branch that Lehi and his family created by splitting away from Jerusalem and creating a new land. So that is a kind of a creation of sorts. And then there was a fall. So there were some people that fell away. And the split uh, between the Nephites and Lamanites, and we also know that the Nephites themselves began to fall. Um, and then there was an atonement where the Saviour appears to them and redeems and uplifts and edifies um, the people in, in that land. And so you can see that pattern throughout the Book of Mormon as well. It's fascinating to see, really, uh, when, you, when, you, when you look closely. In 2 Nephi chapter 2, verse 24, it says, But behold, all things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things. So again... I love this verse. You know, Heavenly Father knows what he's doing. In a talk called Where Justice, Love and Mercy Meet in April 2015, uh, Jeffrey R. Holland said this, quote, 
The answer to the, those questions is an unequivocal and eternal no. Uh, with prophets, ancient and modern, I testify, all things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things. Thus, from the moment those first parents stepped out of the Garden of Eden, the God and Father of us all, anticipating Adam and Eve's decision, dispatched the very angels of heaven to declare to them, and down through time to us, that this entire sequence was designed for our eternal happiness. It was part of his divine plan, which provided for a saviour, the very son of God himself, another Adam, the Apostle Paul would call him, who would come in the meridian of time to atone for the first Adam's transgression. That atonement would achieve complete victory over physical death, unconditionally granting resurrection to every person who has been born or ever will be born into this world. Mercifully, it would also provide forgiveness for the personal sins of all from Adam to the end of the world, conditioned upon repentance and obedience to divine commandments. Close quote. Powerful words by Elder Holland. And of course, we know that this, you know, trans this transgression was meant to happen, that it was part of the plan, that because of this, we have the opportunity to learn and to grow in this life. If we did not have um, the fall happen, uh, then we would not have the opportunities to learn and to grow that we would today. And in fact, we wouldn't even be here. Uh, and so the Book of Mormon just makes it so clear, uh, the reasons for this, that God was not duped by someone who, um, you know, decided to, to do something that God did not want him to do. Uh, but in reality, the Heavenly Father knew what he, would, what he would choose. And again, some argue, well, surely that means that, you know, Adam didn't have a choice, that he had to do it. Well, again, no, that's not true. Adam had his choice to take the fruit. Heavenly Father knew that he would. And so therefore, he provided a way back. And of course, he's not left Adam to be, to fall forever. But you know the the sins that he the, the transgression that he made is able to be overcome and redeemed through the atonement of our Savior Jesus Christ. And of course, it is, it is without the Savior Jesus, Jesus Christ that this would plan would not make sense. But of course, we do have him, and that's why it does. I'm gonna, I'm going to have to stop there because obviously uh, we've reached the ten minute mark, and there's a couple more things I wanted to say. So once again, this is going to be quite a, a lengthy uh, study for this week. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the study today. If there's anything that you've been learning, I'd love to hear it at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or just email LDSStudySession at gmail.com. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.